Welcome you to a brand new week of fantasy baseball, which means a brand new week of the Baseball Elite Podcast here. Fantasy guru, keep uh, keeping us happy, keeping you happy, keeping Ray Flowers happy, making us all enjoy the baseball season a little more and encouraging us all to be a bit better and a bit stronger in each of our fantasy baseball leagues. Uh, we come at you three times a week. Uh, this Monday edition is the free edition. So welcome to everybody who is not a subscriber uh, with Fantasy Guru. But uh, if you subscribe, you get the midweek and the weekend, which means you get uh, three times the fantasy baseball knowledge from my buddy Ray Flowers, which, uh, Ray, I don't know. I know they've tried, but I don't know if you can put a price on that. Can you to to, to hear from you three times a week for an hour each time? My pinky's in my mouth. One million dollars. No, I don't. Oh, no, know. I'm getting a better rate than that. Right? You're getting a much better rate than that. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, hey, Kyle, I, I guess it, it's what it's worth to you. Right. And uh, hopefully the listeners that uh, haven't subscribed will realize that uh, we got a lot going on at the site and uh, we just updated the entire rankings. Uh, 600 players redone on May 1st. We'll be doing that every month. So even if you haven't signed up and you feel like, oh, I'm missing out, I'm not getting anything, you still got five months left to get some of the knowledge. And and the calendar, as you said, Ray, is now at May. Um, it's no longer too early, is it, right? I think I ask this every year. I mean, it's early, but it's not too early to start making decisions and such, is it? No, it's not. I think this is a fair point. And it, it depends on the level of player. I had an interesting discussion last night on uh, GM's Corner on Series 6M with Jim Bowden. And I said, look, Andrew McCutcheon has sucked, but he just hit a 455 foot home run. And, you know, he's at the top of what should be a good order. And he, and he went through a, a long expose before finally getting to the point, which was he's Andrew McCutcheon. He's got 10 years in the big leagues. You got to have patience. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. So I think there are certain players and certain types of players that you have to have patience with. There are other guys that are younger, less established, um, less skilled, that if they're struggling, it's time to move on. Yeah. Well, since you and I last spoke, we've uh, kind of had a run of injuries. Well, and gosh, I guess I could say that every time, every, time. every two yeah. or three right. days, we have a run of injuries. I did see a number that for the month of April, we will have used the IL spot more uh, than than almost every season. Uh, but Ray, I, I think one thing to keep in mind when we say, oh, injuries have never been this bad. And I don't know, maybe they have. There's a hundred different ways to kind of formulate this because especially this year, Ray, we've, we've got the whole health protocol thing, which oftentimes when they total up those IL stints, you know, you're going to want to make sure they aren't totaling those. I don't really consider those injuries as mm-hmm. such. Right. And the other thing we've seen in recent years, Ray, I mean, teams, and, and I don't think it affects the Acunas and the Yelichs of the world. I mean, you know, Yelich is hurt. Okay, he really is. But these other guys, Ray, uh, relievers, fifth starters, it, it's kind of a way to, to screw around with your roster. And, and, and to make sure you have pitching depth and, and to maybe bring up, a, a, you know, a, an extra pinch hitter, you know, all that stuff is now being done more and more often. It started with the Dodgers a few years back and everybody in baseball is doing it now. Yeah. And it, it some of these injuries are injuries, right? Like you're saying, and sometimes it's eh, wink, wink injury. And it, it's very disheartening. I mean, I I'm, I'm sitting here on a Sunday doing fab and I'm, I'm got the, you know, the, the Twitter feed open, injury, injury, injury. I'm doing the show with Jim last night, injury, injury, injury. It's like every 10 minutes, someone's getting hurt. And I, I, you know, let's hope that the majority of the time it's more roster management and teams just being cautious in 10 minutes and, you know, 10 days, excuse me, and all that. But I don't know. Um, I know there's a never ending stream. Like you said, I haven't dug into the numbers anecdotally. It seems like there's more injuries than ever. And it seems like it's not just the fifth starters that are, that are getting hurt. It's the big time players. I mean, 
You know, it was Harper a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Then it was Story. You know, it's like it just keeps going and it never stops. Well, and and those two guys right there, Ray, hit by pitch. Um, Shohei Atani, yep. we're going to talk about him later, hit by pitch. Mm-hmm. So, hey, velocity now creeping in uh, ever so quickly to 100. <laughs> those hit by pitches, they hurt a lot more for these hitters. So we'll get into some injuries. Um, I, I will tell you this. we got some injuries that appear to be legitimate and perhaps severe that we've got to talk about. Let's get you the starting nine here. Uh, for this podcast, we're going to start with one of those injuries, Dustin May. Uh, what is the latest on the Dodgers right-hander? Uh, the start of May brings us an injury to Dustin May. So uh, we'll give you the latest there on what the Dodgers may do and what you should expect if you have Dustin May. In the two-hole, we'll get you a player profile of a man who has been called up and is set to make his major league debut on a Monday night against Cleveland. We'll talk about Kansas City's Daniel Lynch. In the three-hole, we'll have our weekly every Monday check-in on the waiver bids that won in the SiriusXM Host League. Both Ray and I are a part of that league. Both Ray and I were bidding for some of the same players, too. So we'll tell you what the price tags were on those additions. In the cleanup spot for the starting nine, we got another injury, and this one is a big one. Uh, Travis Darno, one of the better catchers in fantasy baseball, probably going to miss a majority of the season. So what are the options if you uh, have lost Darno, especially in those two catcher leagues? What should you be thinking about doing? So we'll kind of tackle that situation in the four spot. The five hole, we'll take a look at uh, some of the numbers I saw this weekend, courtesy of Jason Stark with The Athletic. Um, Offense is crashing and burning. Now, if if you followed baseball at all in April, you kind of know this. But my question for Ray and something we're going to discuss coming up in the five hole, does it change what our goals are offensively in fantasy baseball? A lot of people put goals and standards and levels that you need to reach in certain categories are those standards now changing a lot in 2021 we'll get you more injuries news and notes all that good stuff in the six hole rob povia of uh, fantasy guru is set to join us for the weekly preview in the seven hole random reference at eight and then the stamp of approval at nine ray let's get things rolling with dustin may talking about the dodgers pitcher on saturday an inning and two thirds he leaves in the second inning i'm trying to remember the exact uh, phrase he used but it was like he said there was a shot or you know like a, a burst going through his elbow, uh, whatever the exact word was, Ray, it was a word I didn't want to see for one of the young pitchers in baseball that is that is off to a good start in 2021. Yeah, and the Dodgers really helped out by saying arm soreness. Like that's the, isn't that what their official, oh, well, good arm kind soreness. of true, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah, yeah, but it's not very descriptive. Um, yeah, I mean, they can't say Dustin May injured and we're crapping our pants. Oh, that, really oh say that. I would love it a lot more if they did. Plus it is the Dodgers, <laughs> so I don't really mind. Um, you know, he threw the pitch and immediately, and it was, you know, it's not good. I mean, you, you throw, I mean, he, he's in his mid twenties, right? He's thrown what a million pitches in his life. Obviously he knows when something is wrong and you know, what could, what could it be? Could it be scar tissue? Could it be, it could be something, you know, like that. Sure. But probably not. Um, is it catastrophic? Possibly. Is it a muscle pull? Maybe. I mean, I, I, you know, I was talking to my brother recently about um, his kids and because his daughter was dealing with something. And I was like, does she know the difference between being injured and hurt? Like, I, you know, she doesn't play sports and she's not very active. I'm just like, you know, because I grew up, I, I, oh, someone stepped on my hand. Oh, crap, that's a broken finger. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get used to it in the sense that you understand what it is. I just look at what May's reaction was and it's like, I, I can't see that that's a muscle strain. Like, it just didn't, like in your description that he he shared. So... I'm concerned that this is a significant issue for him. 
And uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong because he's a, a luminous young star in this league and he was off to a fantastic start, like you said. Yeah, and if, if you look at this rotation, Ray, we, we knew coming into the year the Dodgers would kind of mix and match, not, not because they were planning to have a lot of guys injured. It's just kind of how they run things. And, you know, at this juncture right now, Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, they're fine. Urias has been fine. So th- they've, they've managed to keep those guys going well and, and things have succeeded. Now we've got this fifth spot, and, and, and I really think Dustin May is going to hit the IL. Now, I think an MRI is scheduled for later today once they get to Chicago. Um, so, so we'll find out more on Dustin May. So maybe by Monday night we know. But again, I'm kind of working, Ray, from the presumption that there is an IL stint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no David Price to turn to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on the IL with a hamstring injury. I've heard nothing on Tony Gonsolin. Have you? I mean, yeah, I, I, I saw a report yesterday. I think it was Bill Plunkett that said that they're intending to stretch him out uh they want him to be a starter but it'll probably take three or four weeks yeah so So, we're like a month away from him yeah i mean are we just gonna see kind of unheralded rookies mix and match kind of an opener scenario you think with the dodgers or you know could there be a call-up because this is this is a franchise ray that's loaded with pitchers uh Mm -hmm. josiah gray is kind of one of those guys yadier alvarez is one of those guys i guess we saw edwin useda uh, get called up last week. Um, is there something, and and I wouldn't say this, Ray, if this were Arizona. I wouldn't say this if it were uh, the, well, maybe with the Marlins, but I, <laughs> I wouldn't say this perhaps with Philadelphia. But with the Dodgers, Ray, I got to say it, you know, is there somebody getting called up that people should pay attention to? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember, I'm, I think I saw something too, that the Dodgers, they have a couple of off days here coming up. Uh, so maybe they could skip that nonsense a little. Um but yeah, it's so it's so interesting because we talked in the preseason, you and I, right? Like, oh my gosh, look at all the depth, look at all the depth. And May's down, Price is down, Gonsolin's not ready. Uh, you know, and this is why the Dodgers did what they did and why they added all the pitching and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know what their plan is. They could very well, you know, because guys retain, you know, the ability to be sent up and down. They could go the youngster route, like you're suggesting. You know, they could just keep guys on track. We could see great for a start. Maybe they give Brock Stewart a chance. I mean, you know, maybe they make a trade. It's the Dodgers. So I think Gonsolin is the obvious. And if he was healthy and good to go, there'd be no concern. But at this point, I don't think that there is an answer to the question of, is there one guy that's going to step in if May is out long-term? Well, you're totally right on the schedule, Ray. Uh, They play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, off Thursday. So that off day really well, you know, buys them an extra day for all these guys. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they're off next Monday. So yeah, you're totally right on that schedule that in effect... Um, you know, they could still IL Dustin May, but in effect, they would just go with a four-man rotation for the next week. Good. Yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't miss see that. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it while I was doing the show with Jim last night as it was scrolling through. But uh, that's why we got you there, Kyle, for the in-depth analysis on the spot. Well, when you're talking, I'm able to scroll around and find things. Now, I mentioned the pitching, Ray. The Dodgers staff has been great. Like, you look at all their rankings. The only thing they're they're bad in is homers per nine. They're giving up home runs, but they're dominating elsewhere. Their bullpen, Ray, has been bad yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's right now, they've kind of fallen into a bit of a slump, and people are acting as if this never happens, even to great teams. It does. But right, like their bullpen's the issue right now. There, there's not much success there. Their their whip is bad. Their their K per nine is not all that good. Giving up a lot of hits, a lot of walks out of this bullpen. The ERA is kind of middle of the pack. So their issue right now, they got big names. I mean, you got you know Blake Trinan, Kenley Jansen. You've got guys we've seen before like Jimmy Nelson, Scott Alexander, all these guys. 
but they're kind of hurting um, getting to like a Jansen in the ninth inning right now. They, they are. And I think two of the names that we mentioned are, are part of the problem too. David Price has been ineffective and now he's hurt, right? And we haven't seen Tony Gonsolin. If those two guys were pitching as the Dodgers expected, they then they fill all the, the long inning outings, right? They give you three innings here and there and you know it saves the bullpen. Maybe that helps a little bit. Maybe just, you know, they come in later in games and because of matchups and dominate. They haven't been around. Um, you've got Knable who went down with an injury. He's out too. They were expecting him to be something. So that's three of their top five relievers, six relievers that have really offered nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when you're the Dodgers, like you're saying, that's, that's tough. And they do have talent there still, but you're right. It, it hasn't quite come together. And as we have seen in major league baseball in 2021, you have a very difficult time winning in this day and age, if you don't have a good bullpen. And right now it's an Achilles heel. So still wait and see uh, with the Dodgers. What is the exact injury to Dustin May? I would suspect by Monday afternoon, Monday night, we've got this answer on Dustin May, and I would suspect there's an IL stint. Um, the other thing, well, who fills in? Again, it's not necessary right now because of the schedule for the Dodgers to find anybody and not certain that they'd call up, uh, say, a prospect that you would care about. And unless the injury is severe, you know, that could certainly change the uh, equation, if you will, for the L.A. Dodgers. Now that ties into our second spot here in the starting nine, Ray, uh, we did get a big-time prospect called up overnight, um, and it looks like Monday, Daniel Lynch of the Kansas City Royals, might I add the first place, Kansas City Royals, wow. uh, will be making his uh, debut against Cleveland. And I guess it was last week, Ray, your buddy Jim Bowden, who you already mentioned, mm-hmm. um, he was talking about Daniel Lynch, and I think he listed him as Daniel Lynch was his third um, of all the pitchers to watch here in the minor leagues, uh, Daniel Lynch was number three. Like he was most excited about mm-hmm. Daniel Lynch and the other two guys ahead of him, McKenzie Gore with San Diego, Logan Gilbert with Seattle. And if you look at Daniel Lynch, Ray, I, I think people thought we'd see him this year, but as usual, not as early as we're going to see him. You know, I think a lot of people said, well, maybe June, maybe, maybe that's when we see Daniel Lynch, but it's now going to be tonight. And this is a guy that doesn't come with near the hype of McKenzie Gore, but uh, he's certainly a guy to follow. And if you were able to make a late move on Sunday night, it's difficult to say this guy will pay off or this guy will be starting or will be with the Royals all season. But it's not the worst thing to take a shot on this guy uh, and maybe give him a run through this week with a with perhaps a two-start week to come his way. Yeah, that GM's corner we were doing last night, the first hour was football, the second hour is baseball. And then the Lynch news happened like four minutes before the show started. And Jim's like, we're not talking football to start. We're talking Lynch. So, um, and he pulled up his article. He's like, dang it. I wrote June 1st. It should have been May 1st. Like, yeah, yeah, because, but he continued the overflowing praise. And basically Jim shared that, you know, all his contacts, we haven't seen these guys, right? The minor leaguers. Uh, All his contacts say that Lynch has been phenomenal the last month. Not good, phenomenal. And, you know, you look at the stuff. And it's overwhelming stuff. The fastball slider is dominant. He's 6'6". As Jim said, he's all arms and legs. He's coming at you from all this stuff. And it's, it's a very difficult at bat. And he basically forced himself on the Royals. And Jim also said first place. And I kind of chuckled. I'm like, oh, good luck with that. You know, we'll see. When you're hot, you're hot. You've got to live up, Ray. They, they and, tar- hey, to the Royals' credit, Ray, yep. they've done it with other guys, too. Yep. You know, for a small market team, and we all say, oh, they're never going to call them up. The Royals, like they did it with Brady Singer. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they've, they've called guys up and played them and said, let's let's do it. If we're playing well, let's try to keep winning games. Yeah, and, and, and Lynch talent-wise is, like you said, he's elite. He's on that elite spectrum. And, you know, on the experience front, he's never thrown a pitch above A-ball. 
<laughs> and again, you know, and I, I know you and I have talked about this for years, and both of us have softened our stance on youngsters because we realize teams are more willing to assert these guys and, and skip levels and all that kind of stuff. But he's never thrown a pitch above A ball. Now, you know, when you throw 97 and you got a, a 91 mile an hour nasty, sharp breaking slider, okay, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what his workload is. We'll see if he sticks in the rotation. I saw it. We, Jacob Junis was removed from the rotation, which is pretty surprising because he was pitching darn well. So it see my gut understanding and feeling right now is that Lynch does indeed get a chance here. Now, if he makes three starts and his ERA is eight, okay. But if he goes out there and performs, Kyle, with the, the way they promoted him, the time in the season they promoted him, and the decision they made to remove Junis from the, the starting rotation, I think Lynch might be here to stay. Yeah, I think he might too. Um, it's not, Ray, as if, you know, if he has a bad outing, they're like, oh, well, let's just go back to the Junis. Again, he's got the two starts this week. Uh, depending on what he does in those two starts, I think he could absolutely stick around. You know, Mike Miner hasn't been much. Brad Keller's been a disaster. Like, they, they, they could still bring up another guy, the, the Asa kid, Asa Lacey. Yeah, uh, they, they could still bring him up too this month. Um, the, the Royals, again, I, I, I applaud their organization. They, they did it a few years ago when they held on to all those soon-to-be free agents. And everybody in baseball says, you got to trade these guys. And they said, you know what? We haven't won in forever. Let's let our fans enjoy these guys. Let's make a run for the wild card. Didn't work out, you know, but that to me doesn't change the idea that you, you, you made a decision that nobody else in baseball makes and you showed guts. You played to win. We don't often see that in baseball, playing to win. It's old fashioned. This is a play to win move with Daniel Lynch coming up. And again, Ray, I think for people in fantasy leagues, you know, if you're able to make a move on a Monday or maybe just go and get a guy at the very least, go and grab this guy and stash him. And on Sunday night, that news kind of came out late. Mm-hmm. Um, he might still be available and, and that could all change depending on what he does this week, the price tag. But I know in some leagues you could still get them cheap because of when that news broke on Sunday. Yeah. And depending upon how your league operates, we were talking about it right before the podcast. There are some leagues that run waivers and then they have open free agency until first pitch. So even if your waivers ran and no one grabbed them, maybe you can run right now and do it. Um, so it, yeah, he is, is an extremely exciting young arm that is well worth the risk. I mean, you know, we're all rolling through pitchers anyway at some level, right? You got four or five guys you trust on the rest of your staff as guys, right? You know, and it's yeah. two start this and match up that. He definitely falls at least into that range. He's a dynamic young talent. I mean, he he could win rookie of the year. Like he's got that level of talent. If he's got the opportunity, he is worth investing in at the moment. That's our player profile of Daniel Lynch. And it segues into the waiver wins in the three hole. We always do this on Monday, taking a look at the Sirius XM host league. Ray and I are a part of it. Uh, we look at the bids and kind of pass along what it was. And, and Ray, I know you had a bid on Lynch. I had a bid on Lynch. Uh, we both had bids on Josh Stalmout. Um, you, you won the Stalmout bidding. And mm-hmm. so I won the Lynch bidding. Right. But uh, we both were after these guys with the Royals. Now you went all the way to 124 on Stalmont. I think I was at 71, 72 bucks. I went 17 on Lynch. So I guess I saved a lot of money, but I didn't get the guy who's getting the saves. And <laughs> I'm one of those teams in that league that could use some saves. But you were more than willing to, to kind of throw some money at Josh Stalm out there. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things that we had a $1,000 budget right here. And you and I are within like 50 to 60 bucks right now. Like we spent the similar amount to this point. And it, I've been more aggressive. You were more aggressive. We commented on this right before we started too. We've both been a little more aggressive than normal with the fab spending. And I, I think the, the moral is the story is this, trust your first gut. I had 103 and I bumped it to 124. And again, 21 bucks in the long run. I got my guy, right? Whatever. 
there was a bit at 72, a bit at 83. So obviously the 103 would have been enough. So trust your first gut with that. Um, your Lynch bit of 17, I was at, I was 59 okay. or 57. So I was more aggressive on him than were there, you were Were there too. other bids on him in that league? Can you see that? Yeah, I can see that. Let's pull that up yeah, here. I, I, I thought 17. I thought, well, this is somebody in this 12-man league is going to go higher than 17. Uh, no, I can't see him in this league. Okay. Um, and, and, and again, Ray bid more, but the way this works, right, you got your first guy. Yeah. And, and your first guy was my first guy. So when I didn't get him, my second guy jumped up so there unless somebody else had a big big bid on someone else besides Mm -hmm. daniel lynch which is very possible i kind of got him just because i didn't get my first targets there in the yeah eric halterman got shane mcclanahan for 61 see i had no interest in mcclanahan i was much more in on lynch than yeah i mean the mcclan we we talked about mcclan like mcclanahan's stuff is explosive i mean it's it's nasty stuff uh, now, what is his role with the Rays? Who knows? Do the Rays even know? Uh, you know, how long is he going to be around? Is he bulk relieving? Like, we just don't know how they're going to handle it. And, you know, prospect wise, he's a high end prospect. Lynch is a higher ranked prospect. I think there's a little bit more um, refinement to Lynch's game, if that's the right way to put it. So, so, again, you know, I had 57. McClanahan went for 61. So same range. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, there's that's a 12 team league, which is really interesting for me because I, I go to the waiver wire and there's pitchers available like I'm, I'm used to 15 teamers and it's like there's two I, I know that guy he's a so um I have been, haven't been as aggressive on the pitching front when it comes to bidding as I have in some of my other leagues though the 124 on Stamat to get my guy I just felt you know I, it looks like he's the guy looks like he's finally emerged uh, I'm hoping he pulls an Ian Kennedy from a couple years ago with the Royals and you know he becomes my third closer and I needed that Mm-hmm. Another pitcher who went high there in the waiver process, Albert Azale with Chicago. And I looked at him, Ray, mm-hmm. um, and considered him, but I was totally turned off by the next pitching outing being against the Dodgers. Now, that, that may not be fair because why are we adding guys? Well, we're adding guys because we think they can succeed all year. Um, I don't know if I'm looking at him as somebody that I that I think can succeed all year just because we know how Wrigley plays as summer heats up. I don't know what the team around him is really going to look like. Their offense has been hugely inconsistent. They may trade some pieces. Alzale's returns have been really strong. So I was interested in him, Ray, and, and I, you know, kind of went back and forth on bidding. And then I looked at my team and I said, well, the guys I have as starters, I still like these guys more than Albert Alzale. You know, I'm still favoring these guys ever so slightly. So it was a little bit of a numbers game there. Um, and the fact that, you know, I'm not going like, to, I hate at everybody does this. They hate adding a guy and then not starting him <laughs> immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wouldn't have started him against the Dodgers. I think Tuesday night. Yeah. And Osley was my third guy on my bid list. Um, I had a bit of 27 in on him. Um, I amazingly in our 45 man league, our dynasty league with Sirius XM, Osley wasn't on a roster. And so I actually took him in the rookie draft this year. And so very, very pleased, obviously, in that format. And as I said, I was bidding here 27 out of 1,000. And, and I noticed the same thing you did, that, you know, I'm going to bid him and I'm not using him this week. And let's hope he doesn't get obliterated. And then I feel terrible about it. But it's 27 out of 1,000. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to take a chance on the arm talent. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he's a sneaky ad right now if he's still available because Lynch, because McClanahan, these guys do generate more interest and more excitement. And, you know, of the three, Azale might have the most locked in job in a rotation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he throws hard there, you know, they've got other guys in that rotation that don't. So it's a nice mixture with having Alzale active too. 
uh, there, there's improvements that are necessary with him, but that, that's a big arm, and you know it's worth taking a shot on at that cost level. A couple of other winning bids on the hitting side, Willie Calhoun for 39, uh, Tyler O'Neill for 57. I think you won Calhoun, correct, Ray? Yeah, I dropped Austin Hayes for Willie Calhoun, correct. Okay, so you made that move on Calhoun. Uh, I guess I just watched too much Cardinals baseball to care about Tyler O'Neill. Right? Defense, <laughs> though, Kyle. Come runs. on. He's hitting home runs. That's great. But it's like, I don't want Tyler O'Neill on my team. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, you know, it's he he's in a good stretch right now. And you have seen him play. He is the quintessential. I'm going to hit 30 home runs if you give me 550 at-bats. And there'll be a month where I strike out 39 times, right? Like, that's it's hit or miss with him. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of hit. The The last two weeks, he's hitting 371. He's got a 1,100 OPS. Um, but there will be a slump to follow, as you are suggesting. A lot of injuries, too, with um, Tyler O'Neill. Now, as we move to the four spot, Ray, another name that was selected in our uh, Sirius XM host leagues was um, Andrew Kisner of the St. Louis mm-hmm. Cardinals, uh, $3. And I didn't double check this. You might have it in front of you, but Rick Kamla got him. And, and I don't know this for a fact, but I wonder if Rick was somebody losing Travis Darno to an injury. Um, and, and that leads us to our fourth spot, mm-hmm. Ray. Um, you know, Kisner, for a lot of people who have Darno, might have been an option this week. Uh, Darno, if people missed it, torn thumb ligament. He's going to miss most of the season now. He could be back in September, maybe late August. But, Ray, this is a conundrum. This is, quote, unquote, a good catcher. You know, he was a guy drafted in the top 10, I think, coming into this season. And now people have lost him. And we all know how it is, Ray. And if you're in a two-catcher league, what do you do uh, with Travis Darno? I mean, is, are there names out there? Is Kisner a good name as he fills in for Yadier Molina? Like, this isn't a major hit because you're not getting all-star numbers from Darno, But this does leave you with a predicament as to how to handle this. Because you could say in a two-catcher league, screw it. I'm just not going to have a second catcher instead of getting a guy who will kill my, uh, kill my ratios. Rick had Omar Narvaez who went to the injured list. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that he replaced with Kinzer. I, I had Narvaez and a- Alexander Kirk in one league. So I lost both my catchers this week. So that was fun. Um, the, the, you know, and Danny Jansen celebrated by getting a base hit for the first time in a month. Uh, now that he's on my team and I had Stevenson too. Those are the two guys I turned to. And that's kind of what you get. If pretty fortunate, not set up to have, you know, Stevenson available. Cause he's been, you know, effective for the Reds. Um, William Contreras, you know, we talked last night to Alex Anthopoulos, the GM of the Braves, and, and he didn't say that Contreras is going to be the guy, but he kind of hinted he certainly could be the guy. So it might be right there in Atlanta. Um, he really, uh, Anthopoulos really talked up the all-fields power that Contreras has and uh, his, his mental fortitude and his approach and attitude and all that. Did mention that, you know, the work in progress defensively. Um, so it's unclear. It's unclear what the playing time will look at, but, but Contreras is a big bat. Um, you know, Higashioka, if he's still available, um, is, is someone that, you know, people might be turning to, but really even with the, the strong start of the catcher position to date, um, when you're in even a 12 team league with two catchers, when you get past 25, it's, it is very difficult to, to find someone that, you know, won't hurt you. Like I even found myself bidding on like Roberto Perez and Mike Zanino, and it, those are not the kind of players that I want to be targeting at that position. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Ray, so let's tackle this idea. The idea of taking zeros, not having a second catcher. Do, do, would you ever do it? Or do you, do you take Mike Zanino instead of a bunch of zeros? Well, like how much time is Yadier Molina going to miss? Probably looking, I, you know, who knows, right, right. but, you know, hopefully another week or so. Like, yeah, so it's, it, I, my understanding as well is that it's short term. Do you, can you take a zero for, for two weeks? Yeah, you could. You could also look at it, well, if I pick up Mike Zanino and he hits 180 with three home runs, it's only two weeks. Eh. 
you know, is, is there enough damage that can be done in two weeks by these guys, even if they suck to really be a negative, can the positive outweigh it? Like, do I, you know, I get a couple of home runs, I get five RBIs. I, I my general position is this Kyle. No, I, I don't ever want to tell someone to take a zero. I just okay. don't. But I also don't want to add, like I said, I, I bid on Perez and Zanino because I had to, and I didn't, I felt dirty about it. Like I'm fine. I bid $11 out of a thousand. I was almost like hoping I didn't win them even if I did, you know, <laughs> it's like I needed two and I was bidding $11 on these guys. Um, you know, it, the kind of player, like I might, I, like an Austin Barnes, like his batting average should improve. So, you know, he's okay. But then you start talking about the other guy, maybe Tucker Barnhart is available, but he probably isn't, you know, Luis Torrens has got good numbers stat cast wise, but overall they're bad. Martin Maldonado is not a good hitter. Mm-hmm. So I would bid very low amounts. I, I have a real problem with taking a zero. I would add someone I would, uh, I would just be cautious. If I could add a guy that I didn't feel was going to crush my batting average, I'd probably go that route versus trying to get three or four home runs. Well, and, and if you said, okay, a guy who can't crush my batting average, and, you know, it's so early. You can't say a guy hitting 290 is someone who's going to help your batting average at catcher. But, you know, when you look at those guys, um, you know, and again, it just depends on your league. But, you know, right now, Wilson Ramos could be out there. He's hitting 218, but he's got six homers. So then again, he could be owned by somebody. You know, Trevino's on that list. You mentioned Luis Torrens. You're kind of looking at guys who are splitting time. Um, and, and if you're looking for a certain thing, uh, maybe one player appeals to you, but another player does not. Um, there, there's plenty of guys who are pretty decent. Like, you know, Martin Maldonado sucks right now. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely pitiful right now. He's hitting under 100. I still think, Ray, he's going to catch a lot. And he's not a total bum with the bat. So yeah. that, that's a guy who's like sitting out there that you kind of feel good about the playing time with Houston. You do. And again, yeah, I agree with you. He's going to play. Now, is he? I don't think he's a good hitter, but could, could he, but could he hit like two fifty well, the rest if, of the way? <laughs> if he's twice, yeah, if he's twice as good as he is now, that that's plenty <laughs> fine, right? Yeah, and he and he should be. Um, you know, uh, uh, what about? And I I was just looking at this. Um, Chad Wallach, who the yeah. hell is Chad Wallach? Well, Chad Wallach is seven for his last fifteen. He's well, two and here's two. the other option, Ray, because you know these names are. I don't know if we're going to break any new ground with these names, you know, everybody's just, but you know, the idea of taking a zero, you're not going to have Travis Darno for like months. So he's on your eye. Ray, I'm, tell me if I'm crazy here. Let's okay. say I'm in a, a 12 team two catcher league and I'm not saying nothing's exciting at catcher. And it's, let's say it's a redraft league. There's no dynasty component here. What if I said, you know what? I'm going to just stash Adley Rashman. Maybe, well, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get him in late June. Mm-hmm. I'll take eight weeks of zeros, but when he gets called up, I'll have like, literally he should be a top 10 catcher from the, the, the moment he's called up to the big leagues. Um, I, I don't think that's the worst idea. You probably don't like it because it's zeros again. And it's a guy who, who knows if he's called up, but I might go that route. Yeah. The, the issue I have with that is number one, the zeros, but broader picture, like the Orioles suck. Sorry, Phil Backard, if you're listening, the Orioles suck. Okay, and they have no interest whatsoever in fielding a competitive team this year. They don't. They tried to sell every player that was any good this offseason. So I, they, I can't envision this. I mean, like Pedro Severino could break his leg in half tomorrow. I don't think that the Orioles would call up Rushman. They, they're going to wait until mid-June, I think, is a best-case scenario. They have Cisco and Severino there, which are two capable guys. They don't have to bring Rushman up. Like, you know, there's plenty of teams in Major League Baseball that have a worse duo than, than the Orioles do. It's one of their positions of strength, actually. 
So I just, I wonder when, when we see him, not that he's not more talented than those guys or that he wouldn't be more productive as you suggested right away, but I just don't know what the incentive is for them because they are so cost conscious. It can't be, Rushman can't be up for a week and a half, a month and a half. He can't, they just won't do it. I think they'd make a trade and get Chad Wallach or something instead um, to save a few bucks. So that's the issue. Not that when he gets called up, he's not a player in your lineup immediately like you suggested. I just don't know if that's going to be June, July. It could even be August or September. Uh, Ray, your awful, sucky Orioles are two and a half games out of the wild card berth. Just uh, they're, they're not the Royals, Kyle. Yeah, they got a higher winning percentage than Minnesota. They have a higher winning percentage than Atlanta. Um, they have a higher winning percentage than the Cubs, Ray. Just, mm-hmm. just I'm, I'm letting the facts speak, okay? Let's but, not beat up on the Orioles. They, they've had a decent month. Who's leading the NL West, Kyle? Yes. The Giants. Yes. But they're great. That's all I think about. Yeah, it's all <laughs> Move to the five hole. Um, Ray, want to talk about offenses crashing and burning. Um, I, again, I credit to Jason Stark. And, and this has been reported everywhere. I was reading the article the other day over at The Athletic. And, you know, we had over 1,000 more strikeouts than hits in April. Um, the MLB average, Ray, is 230. Uh, the slash categories um, on base percentage slugging OPS, they're like near historical lows. It's like really bad all over the place. Now, the hope is this improves, but Ray, 230 average. I mean, my God, that's like dreadful to think that's the average major league hitter. I, I, I feel like like when I grew up, it was like 270. <laughs> I feel like I know it wasn't, but I feel like it's pitiful, Ray. And I wonder, does it change what we have as goals? with our offense and fantasy baseball, just how bad things have been and, and maybe the direction things are going this year. Well, Carl, I think it was kind of 270 when we were kids. And I say that. Was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I say it because of this. Each team had seven guys that hit 270. And then there was the middle infielder that hit 180. Like it was very, it was very, teams did not run out their guys that hit 215 all the time, right? Unless they were a great defensive player. Like there was a, or your catcher. Like if you're an outfielder hitting 215, you weren't playing. So it, you know, the game has changed and it does, it does change the goals. And, you know, the interesting, the, the, the baseball was adjusted and all that. Well, was it, I mean, the slugging percentage is in the three hundreds. Is that what they wanted? I mean, is it that, is it the weather? Is it the fact that every pitcher throws 98 miles an hour now? I mean, there are a lot of pieces to this. And I, and I, I saw some back and forth cause there was discussion about, you know, moving the mound back and how they're doing that in the Atlantic league and giving it a shot in the second half. And, I saw a lot of people's comments say, well, batter just need to learn to hit. They said, Nick Madrigal you know, puts the ball in play all the time. It's like, yeah, guys. One guy out of 700. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick Madrigal and David Fletcher. Look at those guys. There, there are, there's, but look at the style of game they play. Like, you know, could, could any, could Bryce Harper do that? Yeah. Bryce Harper could do that. If he wanted to hit 14 home runs, does he want to hit 14 home runs? No. So there's a problem. There's just a problem with offense. Well, and, and, and to the Madrigal thing, right? Okay, it's yeah. awesome he can do that. But does anybody want to watch a game where, like, literally, Nick Madrigal, zero home runs in his first 200 plate appearances? Right. Is that the game we want it to? I, mean, I don't think people want that game, do they? No, they don't, which is why everything else has changed, right? I mean, I, I, my concern is that the level of offense we're seeing now is kind of where we're at now. I mean, again, we talked about this a lot. Teams, you know... Instead of facing two pitchers, batters now have to face, they have five plate appearances. They might face four pitchers 
It's very difficult. They got a lefty, they got a righty. They got a lefty, they got a righty. One guy's 98, one guy's 96, one guy's 97, one guy's 98. Like, there's no break. There's no softness. Teams don't allow a guy to just eat innings. I mean, it's very rare that you'll see a guy just eat innings anymore. You know, they pull the guy after three innings if he's not looking good. They go to the bullpen. So there's no way for the, the players to fatten things up. And it's, it's leading to an era of, you know, diminishing returns. And it's why they have talked about adding humidors and trying to do things to, to tramp down the home run. But I think in doing so, Kyle, they, they kind of missed the boat here that, you know, the home run's not the problem right now. It's everything else. Well, and, and if you're the fantasy player and let's say you're sitting here in May and you're like, oh gosh, I'm dead last in batting average. And you look at your team batting average and it's 232 you then need to look at your players who are creating that 232 average and how many of them are something. Cause quite simply, right. Everybody's not everybody. A lot of people are something that's, that's really what's going on right here. It's, you know, maybe you just got totally unlucky with eight guys who are hitting 220 or lower right now this year, we've got more of those guys after one month. Yeah. And you know, it's one month. And so, you know, when the weather warms up and the pitchers start to wear out a little bit, potentially, you know, this number could rise, but it is scary low. Um, last year was 245, which is awful too. I mean, you know, as recently as 2009, the league was hitting 260, you know, and, and it doesn't sound like much, but then it was the 250s for 10 years. And all of a sudden now we can't get it to 235. Like it's, it's bad. It, and yet to answer your, your main question before I rambled. Yeah. You have to reassess because if the league batting average is, is 15, 20 points lower than expected. And it is right now, your guys that are hitting 15 or 20 points below your expectations aren't hurting you. They're not helping but they're not hurting you. Um, so it is something to keep an eye on. But th- this early returns does suggest that, you know, the, the Joey Gallows of the world were not bad at selections on draft day because that's kind of what we got. Well, Joey Gallows hitting all singles all of a sudden. He can't hit a home run. Singles and walks. A, yeah. He's <laughs> Nick Madrigal, Kyle. <laughs> he heard the fans. Yeah, he heard the fans. And now everybody complains about Joey Gallo. All you do is hit singles, damn it. Hit me a home run. Uh, Let's go to the sixth spot. Hit you with some news and notes, mainly injuries here. Uh, Luis Robert headed to the IL with a hip injury. Uh, So that's going to happen. If you're in a weekly league set in your lineup, you're not going to have Luis Robert. Mentioned both Shohei Atani and Trevor Story getting hit by pitches, Ray. I guess right now the news is positive. No fractures as far as we know with Story. Uh, With Otani, you know, sit here and wait and see. But he was scheduled for a two-start week, but now he has an elbow injury. Yeah, I've got him in two leagues, one where we can use him as a hitter or pitcher, the other one just as a pitcher. And I was like, he's going to get a two-start week. Yes. And then that happened last night. And it's like, crap. Um, you know, and this, he's a lefty righty, right? So he exposes his pitching arm when he hits and it got hit because um, it's his lead arm. And I don't, I don't think that this is significant based upon what we have heard. But that does not mean he's going to take the hill. And it doesn't mean if he takes the hill, he's going to be effective. And with the way they have treated him to date, I think the smart move, and I did this in the league where I have him right before we started this podcast, I took Otani out as, as much as it pained me. I, I, I would think, As a pitcher. As yeah. a pitcher, correct. Yeah. Sorry. I took him out of my lineup, even with the two-star potential, because if they skip him on Monday, which I think is pretty likely, it's not like they're going to pitch him Tuesday. They're just going to give him, well, we'll keep everyone else the same. They'll just run him out there on the weekend. So it'll be a one-start effort, I think, in a best-case scenario this week. And Kid gloves, Kyle, with him, right? Yeah. Very, very cautious. So I don't know. That's what I did. Is, is that what you would do if you had Otani? Yeah, they, they've used him differently this year than I would have thought. But this would be extremely different if they were to throw him out there on Monday night. I, and, and they may try it. And who knows? It's just it's your pitching elbow. And if it weren't Shohei Otani, let's say it's just a normal pitcher. 
Um, is anybody excited about that? Is anybody making sure to throw their guy? Now, maybe if it's Clayton Kershaw, you say, you know what? I'm throwing my guy. That's what I'm doing. I, I don't know if the Angels will do that. I really don't. Now, right now, I think the last I saw, Ray, he scheduled the pitch. We'll see. Um, but I think as a fantasy player, maybe better safe than sorry. Um, and it'll depend on your options. Do you have somebody else who's got a better matchup and, and facing a weak hitting team like Detroit? It, it all depends. But, you know, we were so close. Would have been the first one in Shohei Otani's career. But uh, I don't know if we're going to get it this week. A couple of other quick things. Um, Edwin Diaz struggling on Sunday night left with back issues. Now, he'd been getting hit around and. Who knows how severe that injury is, but we'll have to wait and see there with the Mets. Uh, Dodgers, Will Smith, catcher, has suffered a foot injury, but he's going to be back in the lineup, they think, early this week. Max Freed will be activated for a start on Wednesday. Kind of a scary situation on Sunday with Ian Happy, an outfield collision with an infielder. He left early. Uh, and then we got to throw out there Jesus Lazardo, Ray. Um, Jesus Lazardo breaking his finger playing video games. And the, the crazy part about this, Ray, is he still pitched with that broken finger didn't pitch well, but now we're not going to see him pitch at all for a while. Uh-huh. Is that really what happened? I mean, <laughs> I saw, I, I saw the report instantly cause I was on again and it came out and I caught it like 13 seconds after it was posted. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I'm sending it to everyone. Um, oh my gosh. Um, I'm sending it to everyone and uh, trying to get uh, a handle on what's going on. Is this real? Um, all this kind of stuff. And it yeah. turns out it was real, I guess. I still think he might've punched something. I'm totally making that up. He had that little device on his hand. Like I played a lot of video games in my life. Okay. Have you ever had that happen, Kyle? Have you ever punched something so hard that you had a problem? I, um, I, I, I don't have anger management issues, Ray. So I, I have not. Uh, but then again, remember just, what was it? About eight, nine years ago, Carlos Zambrano was strumming his, uh, you know, guitar a little too feverishly and, and he suffered an injury. What was he playing? What was it? Uh, rock heroes or whatever. I'm trying to remember the name, but, but he got hurt playing video games. These, these guys are kids, Ray. They're not you and me. They didn't grow up on Mario brothers. They game grow up on games where they were just pounding the button like Jesus Lazardo. Well, Lazardo. So Lazardo had that. Then we had um, Matt Olson get hit on a ricochet in batting practice, almost went blind. Right. <laughs> um, what was the other A's? Oh, we had Sean Murphy. With the lung issue, he just woke up one day and his lung was punctured. Like the A's have had some weird luck, but um, yeah, the Lazardo thing. I I guess it's a, it's too stupid not to be true. Let's be honest, it's too dumb. Yeah. But we I I did not get a good sense of when he'll be back. Like you said, he pitched with it. So, did you see any estimation on how long he might miss? I would say it's going to be quote unquote weeks. You know that doesn't give anybody a great read, but I I Ray I'd say at least three. Lazardo. I mean, I wouldn't be expecting him anytime out there soon. And and maybe it's a maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing for Jesus Lazardo owners. He's kind of been a difficult own here over the last year or so. He has. He's been very uneven. And um, you know, he's he's had some really great starts, had some really uneven starts. And we we talked to Billy Bean on the GM's corner. I look at that name dropper. And um, he basically said they want Lazardo to challenge batters in the strike zone more with the fastball. And they felt that he hadn't been doing enough of that. And I've read a lot that, you know, Saras wrote, you know, one of our buddies who does a lot of study of pitching. And he was worried about the pitch shape that, you know, his, the pitch, pitch mix he has is such that batters are able to pick up the ball out of his hand. And, you know, he's not tunneling the ball well enough. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of examples to explain some of the struggles. The bottom line is his career path is one that still is tremendously exciting. He's got tremendous stuff. It's a matter of harnessing it and, 
we just won't be seeing him for a while now after smacking his hand playing a video game. Ray Flowers, Eric Kyle Elfrink here. Time to move to our uh, seven spot in the order. And Ray, it's our weekly check-in on uh, your compadre there at Fantasy Guru. Rob Povia has got the MLB Weekly Planner that goes up each and every weekend. It's a it's a good deep dive into everything you need to know for the upcoming week with matchups, games played, DHs in and out, many other things there from Rob. And it's updated throughout the week, so it's not like he puts it out Sunday and lets it sit. But Ray, looking at a couple of things, uh, one item that jumped out immediate to le- me to here is, is because he's been a fantasy star is the idea of your men Mercedes this week. Uh, the White Sox are going to Cincinnati and Tony LaRusso has already said your men Mercedes probably not going to play. So you start to look at your men Mercedes, who's been a godsend and you wonder in a weekly setup to even start this guy this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if, if you have the ability to play him as a catcher, what are you going to do? Right. You don't have three catchers. Most likely if he's going your UT, I mean, the White Sox only have five games this week too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. If you own Mercedes and he's not your catcher, um, then no, I think that uh, you should have him on the sidelines that he should not be in the lineup. And uh, that's a great thing that Rob pointed out because he's been so hot. I don't think anyone would consider taking him out of their lineup. Mm -hmm. And Rob Povey is now with us here as we go through the uh, seventh spot in the order. And uh, Rob, good to have you with us here for the early week edition of the uh, Baseball Elite Podcast. And Ray and I were just talking about your men Mercedes. So maybe you can follow up on that. If you had Mercedes, and I said, man, you're, you're at best going to get three starts this week from your men Mercedes. Rob, what are you doing in a weekly league with him? He's been so good. It, it really hurts to think about benching this guy. I think you have to bench him now because he's not going to see DH in the National League Park, right? Yeah, because of the Cincinnati trip, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's tough. I mean, certainly with uh, the White Sox here, uh, seeing only five games and then losing two of those three games in a weekly league where it locks, you have to bench them. I mean, daily leaguers are good. You know, you can start them when he's starting. But for the weekly leagues, you know, even if it's a bye weekly, I mean, that that would be fine. You know what I mean? Where you start him when he's uh, back home. So I think that's what you have to do with your mean there. Uh, Rob, looking at the schedule, normally we see a couple of teams with seven games. This week, it's like half the league. Like a lot of them, I might be exaggerating a little, but a lot of the teams have seven games this week. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking at the, some of the teams that have seven games, and they've got little asterisks next to them. You know, things like the Twins apparently going to face all righties, the Athletics facing a bunch of lefties. Lots of lefty and righty stuff this week in addition to the games played, it seems. Oh, for certain. I mean, a lot of those uh, situations where you see an asterisk there, that's what's going to indicate that the guy opening the game may be of that handedness, but he's not long for the game. It's either going to be an opener situation, tandem, uh, uh, maybe the guy's leading just a bullpen game. So it, it it's flexible. It, it's certainly when you see uh, the those little stars there, you, you have to bear in mind that you may not get exactly the lefty-righty matchup that you want. So that's why it's important. I mean, I always focus when I draft players to not be too one way or the other. You know, if, if they struggle, you know, if a lefty struggles against a, le- a fellow left-handers, I want to say at least a, a 230 batting average. You know, something that you could at least base on that. Okay, if they see... Uh, maybe one or two more left-handers than I banked on, I'm still going to be okay. So, you know, flexibility in baseball, I think, is paramount above all the other sports. Talking to Rob Povey here on the podcast. Um, Rob, I find it interesting, too, that uh, 
those seven seven game uh, operators this week. You got a couple right at the top of the list: the Jays and the Rays. All seven games on the road, and we know what that can mean for the Blue Jays because their home environment is so offensively minded. What about the Rays here? I think you made a comment about the lefty righty thing that they're going to be facing this week. Yeah, well, because well, at the time that I wrote it, this was with uh, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, before he broke his pinky playing a freaking video game. You got to be kidding me with that, first of all. little, little. I'm a little on tilt about that, so I had to throw that out there. But now you're going to have Mike Fires in the starting rotation there. Uh, so it's going to adjust that because now, obviously, going from a lefty to a righty. So that just changes. You got to be flexible with the, with the um, in regard to uh, – the Blue Jays and Rays schedule uh, for what they're facing, but yeah, they're you know the Blue Jays are going to be away from uh, uh, Dunedin. I think that's how is that how you pronounce it? Dunedin, 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 Dunedin. I let me just tell you, boys, I butcher pronunciations like nobody's business. I got to get that right. <laughs> no, we used to work with Charlie Weger. You're not worse than him. Yeah, so. well, the problem is, Rob, you're going to figure it out, and then they'll move away from Dunedin, <laughs> never to play a game there again. <laughs> I, I will say this though, it, it, it's it's nice being on with you boys here. Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Monday. You know the article's all written, it's all polished up and looking all pretty. So man, I, I just feel so relaxed today talking to you guys. Yeah, I didn't tell you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, usually it's a Saturday we're getting you on here, and you're in the thick of it. You're still putting it together. So we thought we'd give you a little more uh, leg room, if you will, to to figure out where you want to go with this. And one direction you did go, Rob, was talking Tyler Glasnow. And and you know since you were just sitting on the Rays, what'd you discover when you kind of look at Glasnow for this year? What where do you stand on him? I mean, everybody's hyped about his April. They're they're always going to be concerned about the the work limits if such a thing still exists for him. Uh, what'd you come away with on Glasnow after kind of taking the deep dive there? Well, I mean, it's been the addition of the slider that really. I mean, you're already talking about a guy that has pretty devastating fastball, excellent curveball, twelve to six, and now he's throwing the slider. I mean, it's been darn near unhittable. I mean, it was almost unfair facing them before. Now it is unfair. And he's just been cranking up the rankings, which you can see now uh, Ray updated that over the weekend for May 1st. And uh, certainly I base my pitching rankings on his rankings, and then I'll adjust based on what uh, the pitcher is going to see in that given matchup. But I didn't have to move glass now anywhere. I mean, the guy has a current war total of 1.6 at the time of writing this article, which is seventh best in Major League Baseball, pitchers or hitters. I mean, that's behind DeGrom, Trout, Cole, Acuna, Burns, Vlad. Uh, it would be behind Byron Buxton, but as of the time of the writing, he didn't qualify among hitters. A little side, By Byron Buxton, 2.3 war. Unbelievable. I talk about potential early MVP candidate asterisks if he could stay healthy yeah my man um in the article rob you've got the the pope special the sp stream of the week and it's a guy who's been around for an awful long period of time but a guy that really hasn't gotten his due in the fantasy game for a good deal of that time who is it it's ja Happ, left-handed minnesota i mean these matchups are just born for him he's already having a pretty stellar start to the season i believe he took a no-hitter uh, a few games ago into the seventh, eighth inning. So he's already been, uh, you know, fairly lights out in his uh, old age, but he's pitching like he's younger, like he's back on the Phillies. He's facing Texas and he's at Detroit this week. They 
stink when it comes to hitting south balls. I mean, it's 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 putrid. I mean, I could break it down. You could go and, and read it uh, on the article on Fantasy Guru right now. So I'm not going to, you know, elaborate too much on the podcast. But they're pretty bad when it comes to hitting left-handed pitching. So, I mean, I'm looking to get two strong starts out of hat. I was able to pick them up in one of my leagues. And I'll hold on to them for a little bit. But, you know, if I get the stats and points that I want this week, I'm going to immediately look to flip them for value because my question is how long can this last in an aging arm? Yeah, 100%. That Detroit lineup, I mean, my gosh, if you can have any fantasy owner, you're talking about streaming guys, uh, that would be the team to go after Detroit's just not hitting uh, whatsoever. Rob Povia's MLB Weekly Planner, it's out, but for May 3rd through the 9th, uh, so starting on this Monday, taking you through the week. And as he already noted, it's updated, you know, as news comes in, as things change, as pitching plans change, maybe there's an injury that crops up. Uh, check it out. It's posted uh, the end of every week, leading you into the new week. And Rob stops by the uh, podcast a couple of times every month to uh, give us some of his thoughts and some of the highlights from that weekly planner. Again, find it at fantasyguru.com. Rob, uh, big thank you. Great to hear from you again. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. Oh, absolutely, boys. Always a pleasure. Last little update that I just threw to the article. Max Fried's been announced to start on Wednesday, so he will not come back from the aisle and have a two-start week. Uh, Hugh Oscar Yanoa will have that two-start week. Very good. Rob Povia with that news on Freed coming back for the Braves. Uh, let's move from the seven spot, Ray. And as we near the final few moments of this edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast, we go to the eight hole. That's our random reference a quick click over at Baseball Reference, and we get a random page, and we always just like to see where the conversation leads us. Random page for this week, the 1986 New York Yankees, which um, usually you think of the 80s and even the early 90s for the Yankees. They weren't good. They, they, they missed the playoffs for a big, big run. This was one of those good teams, though, Ray. Um, they went 90 and 72, but they finished second in the American League East. Uh, so they were unable, I think Boston was the team ahead of them. That was the year that Boston won the World Series, or excuse me, lost the World Series to the, the Mets. God forbid, I, I forget I Bill Belkner. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Red Sox won the ALCS. Uh, so the Yankees came in second. Lou Pinello, their manager, 90 and 72. Obviously, this was a run of Don Mattingly. Um, I'm just going to throw this out because Ray and I were talking about how the whole league's hitting 230. Uh, Ray, Don Mattingly had 238 hits. In 1986, <laughs> he played every game. The dude hit 352. He's probably never going to make the Hall of Fame, but Don Mattingly, if you got to see him for those four or five years, the dude was was unstoppable, just a stud at the dish. Yeah, and a gold glover as well, defensively. Um, 1.5 strikeout to walk ratio. He hit 352 with 30 home runs, right? He had 17 more walks and strikeouts. It's just a different era, but yeah. For those people who didn't get a chance to watch him play, um, he he was Joey Gallo and then some. I mean, yeah. he really was at the peak of his career. He had won the MVP in 85. He finished second in this 86 year. And 86 might have been a better year, to tell you the truth. Um, he was very good in 87, 88, 89. And then, Ray, I don't want to say it fell off a cliff, but but the injuries got to him. He still exactly. played through those injuries. And here's the thing. The, the, the write-up on Don Mattingly says, oh, he was never the same. And... He was not the same. He was still good, though. You know, the, the home run power really fell off, but the batting average and the ability to get on base kind of maintained itself. But, 
I mean, even his second to last year, he was top 20 in the MVP voting, but you know, he just couldn't power through in the nineties. He, he tried to play through it and the power was never there. The counting numbers really fell off after that five-year run. Yeah. The back kind of got to him and, and he had a, a Todd Helton like career, his peak wasn't quite as long, you know, in the sense that, you know, Helton stretched it out a little bit more, but same kind of thing, right? Both these guys started their careers. We thought they were hall of fame level players. And then they just weren't able to have that second half of the career, um, you know, put things together. It still was a great career for Don Mattingly. Still was a great performance and a great run there. And, you know, going back to the 86 team, Kyle, I don't think we can leave the offense since this is a fantasy show without talking about Ricky Henderson a little bit. Mm. Um, Ricky Henderson was two home runs away from 30-80. It was two home runs and three steals away from 30-90. Ricky Henderson was pretty good, Kyle, in case people missed that. Yeah, his war was 6-3. We just heard Rob talking about war for Glasnow and Buxton. Uh, Henderson was 6-3. Mattingly was 7-2. Do want to give a shout-out to Mike Pagliarulo. You said it right. Nice. Mike Pagliarulo, Ray, uh, 28 homers, as many as Henderson, more than Dave Winfield, um, even more than Dan Pasqua, believe it or not. But uh, Mike Pagliarulo, that, that probably goes down as a career season, I have to think. But let me see on Pags here. He hit 238. Uh, which oh, he hit like 32 home runs the next year. Man. Man, I'm not going to – can't shortchange the guy, Ray. He, he, he was still clubbing in 87, too. Yeah. Uh, and he was a pretty good player for a few years, too. Not very, you know – great or memorable in the long sense other than his, his great name but he, he was a pretty good player there for a while and you know one pitcher to toss out there too Dave Rigetti who you know was a pitching coach of the Giants for 120 years um, who you know was a starting pitcher he pulled the Dennis Eckersley right he was a starting pitcher moved to the bullpen this was the year uh, that was the best year of his career he had 46 saves for the Yankees that year uh, Dave Rigetti okay there it is the random reference courtesy of baseball reference uh just leading us into the fantasy baseball area, a little appreciation of the history of this great game. Stamp of approval is how we uh, round things up here. It's in our nine hole, Ray. What uh, gets the thumbs up from you on this edition of the Baseball League podcast? Yeah, and I'm going to be a homer here, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, if you watched ESPN or NFL Network, any of that stuff for the NFL draft, you missed it. Uh, You should have been over at Fantasy Guru watching live stream. Armando Marsal, Russell Clay, Tyler Beaker, Jeff Manns, The Siege, Ted Schuster, the whole crew was over there doing the live stream on multiple days, not just the first round, and they killed it. Um, and so, you know, I think those are still available over at the site. If you wanted to click and you can look at that, they, it was fantasy angle, of course. It wasn't just these talking heads on ESPN about how good a guy looks in his underwear. It was, hey, what's his outlook going to be in the fantasy game? And if you missed it, Jeff Manns did streak naked. Um, in his office, when the Bears picked Justin Fields, he almost lost his mind. Well, that reminds me. I'm going to change my stamp of approval, Ray. It reminded me that uh, I appreciate the common everyday belt <laughs> just for keeping pants on so we don't have to see that happen to guys like Jeff Manns. Now, he chose to do that. He did. But I was just wanting a belt to be somewhere in that room, Ray. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think he was wearing sweatpants. I don't think he could have wore a belt, but... <laughs> Your point was <laughs> okay. Elastic point. that gets my stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun with the NFL, and you can check that out. Uh, again, my stamp of approval, I'll just, I'll just give it to the waistband, the, the elastic one, the belt, whatever it is. Just keep your pants on, Jeff. You know, I'm, I'm gonna have them on the live stream here mm-hmm. on Monday night, Ray. And Ask I told them, well, no, I told them you're welcome to come on the show, but pants 
they've got to be on. They're they're mandatory on my live stream. So he said he could not promise that. Well, this is also the same gentleman for those people that missed it, it was years ago. But on Sirius XM, he he was doing a show. It was a late night show, and he said if if Tim Tebow wins this game, I'm I'm streaking neighbor, naked in the neighborhood, and <laughs> Jeff Van streaked na- naked in the neighborhood. He ran around yelling, "I love Tim Tebow." The police were called. Um, his yeah. wife had to fend them off while he was doing the show. It's a whole big thing. If people missed it, you can ask him about it in the chat room or call the show on Sirius XM and ask him about it. Well, and the police showed up not because of what Jeff was doing. It was because of somebody was celebrating Tim Tebow. It had nothing to do with the streaking. <laughs> just, you can't yell about Tim Tebow. That's against the rules. He sucks. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast. Ray, uh, where can the folks find you over the coming days? At uh, Fantasy Guru in the chat room, of course. Uh, I'm there on Fridays for uh, office hours. I think it's 4 to 5 Eastern. Rob Povey is from 1 to 2 Eastern on Wednesdays. You can hear him there. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Baseball Guys on Instagram at the Ray flowers. And then uh, over on elitefantasy.com, you and I both doing the DFS thing for those people that are unaware, Kyle and I host a live stream Monday through Friday, where we help people set their daily fantasy lineups at elitefantasy.com. Yeah, pretty well five to six 30 uh, each and every night. I do a few days, Ray does a couple of days and uh, we get you set with all the analysts, all the insight, all the lineups, injuries, late scratches, everything. And that's for uh, NBA NHL too, as well as major league baseball. So, uh, Check that out. Well, that does it for us on this edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast. Again, big thank you to everybody who tuned in today. Uh, this is the freebie, but we are going to be back middle of the week. So if you'd like to check that one out, fantasyguru.com, sign up, and boom, you got Ray middle of the week, end of the week, beginning of the week, three times a week with the Baseball Elite Podcast. Uh, we're done. Finish line has come, has gone. We will see you later this week. For Ray Flowers, I am Kyle Offering. Big thanks to Rob Povia. You have enjoyed and you have been listening to another edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast right here at FantasyGuru.com.